Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, that is Eddie Vega. And that is Chibi Ordunia. And this is Words and Shit. Brought to you by The Blah Poetry Spot and Write Art Out. The show where you get to know the person behind the poetry. Eddie, let me ask you something. Okay. So people know that you're a poet. Uh, yeah. You know, it's 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 on your it's in your bio. You're well known. Um, locally, of course. Yes. Locally, locally, you go into spaces and people are like, "Hey, it's the taco poet." It happens. Yeah. yeah. Other places, you go in there and people are like, "Hey, it's fluffy." <laughs> On occasion, yes. On occasion. But people know that you do poetry, or if they don't, it comes up in conversation, I'm mm-hmm. sure. And inevitably, I have to I have to wonder, have you ever come across this moment where people are like, oh, you're a poet? Well, do a poem now. Oh, yeah, man. I, I, I don't I don't like that, you know? Like, sometimes, because they just don't get it, they'll be like, okay, well, uh, can you do a limerick? And I'm like, I hate limericks. No, I'm not going to do a limerick. I'm not going to do a limerick. That's like the lowest form of poetry. No. <laughs> what is this? 1592? Stop it. That's right. And then sometimes, some, now, I was sent a shirt. So I won this contest once. And the shirt is one of those from um, from Dennis out in Florida. And it's like, ask me to do a poem. That's what it says on the shirt. And I purposely don't wear that shirt very often because I don't want the pressure of doing a poem for people. And also, they're you know, let's be honest, Chibi. They're not paying me right then and there, you know. Mm-hmm. This voice ain't free, you mm-hmm. know. What yeah. about you, though? So I remember when I first started doing slam and poetry, I I I was hungry for people to ask me to do a poem <laughs> because I was just like, oh, this is so exciting. Let me share my work with everyone. Um, but as you grow older and go through the ranks, then you know you realize it's like, no, oh, you want to hear my work? Come to my show. You know, because buy my book. Because um, also, it's awkward to just bust out in poetry in a public space that is not designed for. Like, no, no, no. no. Well, and even though on on occasion, maybe after a few drinks, um, given the situation, one time I did do a poem at the mariachi bar. It kind of just happened. And that's the thing. Sometimes the moment the moment, the moment hits you. Yes. You know, and it just comes from within, right? Um, and I was just so tickled that when we were having our conversation with Natasha Carisosa, she had that moment in the middle of the interview. Like three times, I think. Yeah, she just like, her answer, she's such such a poetic person. Her answer came in the form of a poem that that she already had or she was making up on the spot. I don't know, but there was so much poetry there spontaneous or not it just speaks to her 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 raw talent and her her years of of work and 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 her her portfolio of amazing work and we were we were blessed to have uh, more poetry than we normally have on the show with our conversation with natasha so let's just let's just get right into it because it was a blessing for us all Natasha Carrizosa is a poet, writer, MC, and speaker. Her work is deeply rooted in her childhood and life experiences. 
Raised as the daughter of a fierce African-American mother and a Mexican father, her writing reflects the dichotomy of these two rich cultures. She is the author of Meji Africana, Heavy Light, and Crown. Her work has recently been published in Manteca, and that's got an exclamation point like at the beginning and at the end, an anthology of Afro-Latino poets and R2, that's the Rice Review out of Rice University. She has performed her work and conducted workshops for audiences in Madrid, Paris, St. Lucia, New York, Chicago, Houston, and countless other cities. She's a joy to work with, and we're so happy to have her work with us. Nettie! <laughs> How are you, you gorgeous thing? I need to calm down. Can you hear me? Mic check one, two, one, two. We can hear you loud and clear. Words and shit live. Yeah. It's live, y'all. <laughs> Well, we are so excited to have you on here. Uh, you've been a uh, instrumental and highly inspirational poet for, for years at this point. And uh, you've been in the game, y'all. Uh, so thank you so much for taking the time for to join us here on Words and Shit. <laughs> Words and Shit. Okay, before I begin, I want to say thank you to you both, Chibi and Eddie V. I love and respect you, even though we, I haven't expressed that out loud to you. <laughs> and I uh, have been looking forward to this night for a long time. Yay. Yeah. You're, you're also an, uh, an avid audience member of this show. So we really appreciate that. You watch the shows. <laughs> I do. I watch the show. I like words and shit. Okay, the second thing is, uh, is this censored? No. We just no. said shit like 10 times. <laughs> Yeah, I was being funny. <laughs> we believe in free speech, absolutely. Yeah, we do. All that being said, let's start the show off the way we do every time and just hand the show over to you and hear some poetry. I love you too, Danny. Um, this is important. This is how I'm going to begin my words and shit set list. Black irony. My mama Samira, she with the shining eyes, never lied to me, never told me, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing or anything at all, if you're trying to be correct. Insert my great-grandmother Gaita come from Tulsa, Black Wall Street. We must always speak proper. My granny Florine told me, Tasha, you ain't got to chew your words out. You ain't got to chew your words up. You're supposed to spit them out. This is that black girl magic. This is that black woman magic, that Yemaya Orisha, Ocean Wave, black women, black women, Ogun Orisha, warrior and rum, sugar cane chewing, cutting. I come from black men. I stand with black men. I got black children. This is for them. This is for us. This is cut from the same cloth. This is savage. This is cutthroat, smile, tribe, pride. As a child, I witnessed my mama throw a hot iron into a brand new colored TV watching Roots, Aldous Huxley. When Kunta Kinte said his name was Toby. This is that fire, black rage, go tell it on the mountain, equal but separate water fountain. This is that real, holy trinity. Hell, I remember, I still always feel, will always love, always return 
forever honor my roots. This is Holy Bible, the fire this time. I do not feel bad about nobody setting fire to cities. I don't feel bad about nobody burning and looting. I don't feel bad about your racism, political views, your presidents, your hidden agenda, your closets, your cabinets, your MAGA hats, your mass hysteria, white hoods and robes, your cultural appropriation, your corrupt system, your devil handouts, your tower of Babel, your privilege. Your executive, legislative, judicial branches, all perfume with the blood of my ancestors, we gonna let it hang. America, you played yourself, played your hand. It sting and burned, don't it? Hard to swallow these amber waves of grain now, ain't it? What you think about these purple mountain majesties? How that auction block feel? Somebody, like somebody got their knee on your neck, George Floyd. Like you can't breathe, Eric Gardner. Like a no-knock warrant, Breonna Taylor. Like you just running and want some water, Ahmaud Arbery. Like you 17 again and just want to taste a rainbow, Trayvon Martin. Like you just 12 and playing on the playground, Tamir Rice. Like they done tied you to the back of a truck and just dragging your wings off your body, James Bird. Feel like you can't fly? Like ain't nowhere to go? Like you just want to cry? Like you just want to return to the womb? Feel like you just want your mama? Feel like you're a black woman? Feel like you just need a black woman to make you feel better? Pat you on your back and call you baby? Baby, let's bring this Brandon thing back. We was marked from the beginning like horses, like you gonna get this work. We was hunted lowest on your totem pole. Suckled and raised your kids, picked your cotton, cleaned your big white houses, cooked and cleaned, laid down and let you rape me, take from me, sowed and growed your seeds, served and served, stood and stood, cooked your food, took your poison and made it taste good. Now, it's your turn to swallow this so black truth till it's the color purple. This so black mountain is majestic fountain. Black women will always be majestic. We born into hell. We come with halo, Sandra Bland, Brianna Taylor, Atashiana Jefferson, Pamela Turner, Corinne Gaines, Yvette Smith, Miriam Carey, Shelley Fry, Darnisha Harris, Melissa Williams, Chantel Davis, Rakia Boyd, my mama, Elaine Marie, my granny, Florine Marie, my great grandmother, Gaitha C. Me, Natasha Marie. I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. I think I'm going to stop at that because I'm getting too hot. Black Lives Matter. ABC me. Even when I was starving, I was eating. Inhaling words like a kid with a lunch car, like this is a meal I might miss, like I better eat up because life be hard. Like a kid sucks up alphabet soup, I sucked up a brown girl with good hair and pretty skin I didn't know how to live in. B in the second grade, combing my brother's hair on Fairmont Street, getting ready for a day without me. Walking to school and back before my bus came for me. See, I had grown woman responsibilities before I could even spell the word. See, I knew struggle on a first name basis. The word class is segregation, 11 letters to kill a nation. Before I turned 11, I was D, divided, 
taken from my people and put on a bus, shipped to manifest destined to E as an empty, as an everything that looked like me, Elena, my black girl, my mama F full of her struggle, grown men touched her and she made sure they would never touch me. G, gangster, God, good, greatest to ever live, good thing to love me. She said the best thing in her is me. Me is on the back porch, porch monkey. Be climbing these white people hills like a black spider, they called her. Me is sacred geometry. Me is nothing without her. Me is nothing they can kill. Me is alphabet street. Me is prince. I'm going down. Me is anything I want to be. Sometimes the king is a woman, someone once said. Me is a few fish and a few loaves of bread. Me is H, heaven when I'm walking. Hoodie in some Skittles when I Trayvon Martin. Grow a garden when I air a garden. Grow a garden so we can eat after we emit, emit till the soil before the breath takers take my breath. I can't breathe. But I believe in black people for the life of me. I'm what is right. I'm what is left. I'm Southside poet. I'm who feels it, knows it. This is me eating words in the dark like a white man's past. This is for the letter I, as in God, I trust no and trouble don't last. As in I will live, I will last, I will write because I must, because I am sacrificed. I'm the lives of those cut too short, too brown, too black, too Southside, too Negro, too cut down before they grow, too cotton field, too black like tar, too black star line, and too back to Africa. To A as in Africa, the beginning. A black woman wrote this poem. A brown girl wrote this poem. A beautiful instrument of God wrote this poem. I'm too full to fill in the blanks. B, they don't shoot no blanks. B, black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. B, write my story our story because we matter. See, cause I was a black brown girl from the South side and it told me I didn't matter, showed me I didn't matter, but I looked like my mama now. Them is my cousins and brothers now. My sisters now, my daddies now. My people are divine strugglers, educated hustlers. See, cold blooded conquerors and see, they matter to me, they we, I, matter to me. They, we, I, matter to me. I matter to me. I matter to me. Okay, let me put my glasses on <laughs> so I can hear good. I, I have to tell you the truth. Like, it was so, like, angry. I was angry tonight because of all the messages, because of politics, because of uh, poverty, because um, people need something from me. Not angry because people need something from me, but just reaching out. And I said to myself, when I get to words and shit, I'm just going to be myself. So here I am. Y'all ready for another poem? My girl Giselle has been on my mind. Um, this book is called Manteca. It is a 
collection of um, poems and words by Afro-Latina poets. And when I got the email about the open call for submissions, I knew I had to do it. I love being on stage, but being on page makes me feel so much better. I'm looking because I'm looking at myself and I just see this glare. But if I take my glasses off, I can't read. So pardon me. I'll turn my back on myself. Pennies in my blood. There are pennies in my blood. I could lie and tell you I do not know where they came from or how they made their way down my throat and into my belly. But the truth is, I swallowed them as a child. Once playing a game in the dark with Maria Elena, waiting on our mothers to finish casting spells on strange men, the men were always there, drunk on Budweiser and the Spanish that spilled from my black mother's tongue like honey. I grew with honey and peacock feathers in my hair. I am child of Oshun. There are pennies in my blood. I could close my eyes and pretend I never saw the altar in Mimi's apartment, the one she shared with Malena. I was mesmerized by this Cuban woman soldier who donned an afro like Halo. Mimi loved Malena like she worshipped Ogun. Me and my mind made sure I knew the hands of sacrifice, the eyes of truth. When I was young, I reached out to the iron in my blood. The popcorn and copper on Mimi's altar laid out like birthright. My mother told me not to play with. She must know I was born with a machete in my mouth. I witnessed her cut me and split them in two like firewood. Ogun is not like man. He is not to be toyed with. I was born with pennies in my mouth. I cannot explain how I knew to call the name of Elegua when the chains came, to call the name of mi hermana, Giselle. I cannot explain how I knew to take the egg and roll it down from my faces to legs and break the yoke at the foot of a tree. I cannot decipher the copper song that ran from my tongue like flame. It shook steel from drum, calling the name of ancestors one by one and back in to my bones. Oh, Yemaya, Yemaya, there are pennies in my blood. My head and neck are on fire. Bring the cocoa y arroz, boil the eggs, build a tower for Obatela to restore peace. I cannot explain how pennies made their way into my blood. I was fire before man knew flesh. I was Shango Chet before slave ships came. I counted pennies with God before I knew my name. Okay, all right, okay. I'm gonna read one more, I think. Uh, Here's a message. I know it's a poetry reading. This little glare has bothered me so much. The message is, follow your heart. Follow your heart. 
These are some serious times. I'll wait for the interview. But you know I gotta do my thing. Uh 222. So this one, they said, we don't understand your poetry. You'll never get published. You won't be, you can't follow your heart. So there was an open call for submissions for Rice University. I was like, these white folks ain't gonna pick my shit, words and shit. And I sat and I wrote and I honored my grandmother, uh, Granny Florine. And I listened to Lead Belly and I came up with this and I knew for sure they weren't gonna pick it. I don't read this one in public. I read it one time in New Mexico and I started crying. Words and shit. In the pines. For my grandmother, Florine Marie. My girl, my girl, don't lie to me. Tell me where did you sleep last night? In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever. Child, I'm sitting on this porch in the dark. First time I ain't shake in a long while. First time we done stood still in a long while. First time I feel that quiet in my bones in quite some time. Even the devil get tired of chasing lies. Everybody got to wait on God for it get dark. In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine. I wonder what's on the other side, but I'm is afraid to ask. Is it really some pearly gates? Because I ain't never seen a pearl. Is the streets paved with gold? Cause I ain't never had nothing but a nickel. My girl, my girl, don't lie to me. Tell me where did you sleep last night? Granny, I feel so old in the pines, in the pines where the sun don't ever shine. Granny, is you dancing with Papa? Will you kiss mama for me? Was it you that sent them bluebirds to sing for me? I know I ain't got no place to ask. If you see God, will you ask him? If he can stop the shivering in my soul. In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine. Granny, I think sitting on this porch is like sitting in heaven. Sometimes I can't see nothing but dark, even in the daylight. You know what? In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine. I can still feel them bluebirds sing. In the pines, in the pines, where the sun, my girl. My girl, don't lie to me. Tell me where did you sleep last night?
there's like usually like uh, at this point where like I'm feeling really pumped uh, on the whatever we're gonna ask next, and uh, I do feel an energy, um, but I feel more like a, a heartfelt energy. So thank you. Mm -hmm. I'll let Jimmy ask the next question. <laughs> I mean, you you came out the gate swinging. As you usually, part like as you usually do. I don't know why we would expect anything less. Um, but you have this beautiful way of writing about your family, right, uh, and those close to you, while also commenting on social issues on society as a whole. And so, I guess my question to you is: Is there a division for you between the personal? and the political um, good question um being raised black and brown and poor we didn't vote there was no politics we were living it and we didn't understand what was going on you know like your vote matters we didn't care about that there was words and shit uh and it is only now um, when I remember through writing and poetry and art, the stories, uh, yeah, that's when I become divided. And I never thought that, you know, I never thought like, I'd never watched the news. I never cared about voting. I'm just, you know, be honest. Like my voice doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. They're going to do whatever they want to do. But as time has passed and I've gotten older and grays and um, <laughs> looking back, I wish, you know, that my grandmother was here. I wish that my mother was here. I wish that my Theos and everybody who thought they had no voice was here. So I could tell them um, we are not divided. And what we have to say in our stories do matter. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm constantly divided mm. because I'm in the past and the present and black and brown and poet and mama and all these things, but y'all better vote. <laughs> <laughs> she got real serious there. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell y'all, y'all better get that contra book. <laughs> Did when when you were growing up that in the neighborhood you grew up in was there a lot of black and brown or was it more of one? Yeah, ready. Give us the tea. Here's the tea. <laughs> um, I was born and raised, born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas, and it was where I grew up. Uh, the south side of Fort Worth was black and brown, and then you know I say brown, but we had. Cambodian, Vietnamese, uh, everybody except for white people. <laughs> we had a few white folks. And uh, that's where I found myself. You know, uh, I was constantly asked, What are you? Is that your real hair? Uh, and then, like the a uh, ABC me poem that I read, even when I was tired and I was eating, hailing words like a kid with the lunch card. I was, uh, it says, I was shipped 
and put on a bus shipped to manifest destined to eat is an empty. So in second grade, I experienced segregation, but I didn't know the word for it. Mm. I was at this brown school and they decided to take a busload of black kids from Days of Allah Elementary and take them to this black school on the south side or further south and then take a busload of black kids and put them in this Mexican school. And it was crazy. And I would feel like, I hate this shit. (laughs) (laughs) I hate this shit. Uh But I was a smart black girl at this other school. And none of the Mexican kids want to hang with me. You know, we're going to pick you to do the announcements because you can speak very well. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like I was home until I was in my neighborhood or my one block radius mm-hmm. of people that look like me. I'm not going to answer the questions full out. I'm just going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. Yeah. So, I mean, you you talked a lot in your poems just about kind of like the times that we're, that we're going through. Um, and, you know, right now just talking on that subject of, of like invisibility or not, not fitting in, right. You know, not being around your people. If there's somebody out there that's like watching this or listening to you and is currently feeling like helpless, right. Feeling invisible, feeling like their voice don't matter. Like, what would you say to that person? I ask these questions because to me, you are you are wise and, and a sage and just speak wisdom. Well, I'm going to be talking. <laughs> uh, and speaking from the heart, really. And then I never go back to look at what I said. <laughs> Nor should you. <laughs> Nor should I. If you feel like you don't matter or you don't belong, or let's keep it real. You turn on the news and you see some bullshit, some words and shit that don't fit your aesthetic or what you want for your life. Ignore that. Try your best to ignore it. Find yourself. Find your voice. When you find your purpose, you find your crown. All of this is not for nothing. Whatever you battle with, identity, um, self-doubt, depression, anxiety. And I'm saying that because that's me. Try your best to put it aside and validate yourself. Mm-hmm. And I so, try my best to say that without cutting. <laughs> so then, uh, what then, you, you talked about purpose, you know, mm-hmm. what's the purpose of poetry in 2020? In 2020? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's the same. I think it's the same as it's always been. Uh, I was on a panel many, many years ago in Austin, Texas, and had no idea what I was doing on this panel. And there were these white men, and it was uh, Austin International Poetry Press or something. And there was this man uh, named Victor de Suvero. He was from New Mexico. And at the time, he looked like he could have been Santa Claus's grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) I was sitting there like, I don't belong here. He said something. 
and it has stuck with me to this day. He said, the job of the poet is to speak the language of the heart to the people. Let me say that again. The job of the poet is to speak the language of the heart to the people. Now, if you speak the language of the heart, then you're staying true to yourself. You're not worried about the likes, <laughs> views, slam, whatever. So 2020, 75, 56, 20, whatever, just speak the language of the heart. I think that's 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 what we should all do. Mm -hmm. It is the job of the poet to, to kind of document the times, but not just document it, but to re, re reflect on it, right? That's what separates, you know, poetry from journalism, you know, because we're all talking about the same thing, but the way we talk about it is about the emotion, right? Mm -hmm. And like you said, the language of the heart. I think that's absolutely beautiful. People are like, amen, echo that shit. One more time for the people in the back. <laughs> Well, let me tell y'all something. I can't see nothing in this chat because I don't took my glasses. Oh yeah, no, I know, I, I know, the, I know what you're going through. <laughs> uh, Chibi said earlier, he's like, "Well, you got to get the glasses with the glare proof," and I'm like, "One, I, I think that they, they're not on my insurance, so I couldn't do that." Uh, you got insurance? He's <laughs> a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let me ask you because you briefly mentioned, you know, like the, um mental health issues and just like trying to deal with the shit that's mm -hmm. happening. Come on, talk to me. You know, the you shit. One time, come on. Uh, um, do you have a spiritual practice? What do you do to get through these times? <laughs> <laughs> that's my language. That's the language of the people right there. <laughs> spirits like spirits. Uh, <laughs> Whew, it's been tough. You know, I just recently um, applied for a grant. First one I ever applied for. And I'm trying to take care of my people. Mm -hmm. I'll light a candle. Mm -hmm. Right? And the reason I did it is because hmm, I haven't been feeling myself. You're like, yeah, I'm working. I haven't starved. Uh, but I don't see my tribe. Mm. Uh, when this thing hit, there was no stages, no microphones, no people to hug, no, uh, I'll trade you a chapbook, none of that. Um, what was the question? <laughs> Do you have a spiritual practice? <laughs> yeah, the spiritual practice is even though all of those things were happening. I still wrote. Writing is my spiritual practice. Mm. That's it. Writing is my spiritual practice because uh, that's where what I really feel goes. I have over 700 notes in my phone. Oh. I have a collection called Backport Sage where it's just me sitting on the back porch, mental health, just talking how I feel before the poems become pretty. Mm. There's a collection called Blue in the Face. Uh, I read a piece from that. Um, and it was me and Joaquin sitting in a, it started with me and Joaquin in a hotel in um, 
Philadelphia and watching this documentary about the life of Kurt Cobain. And he got to the end and he was talking about this blues musician named Lead Belly and how Lead Belly was um, the band's favorite musician. And I was like, this white man with these blue eyes knows something about Lead Belly and I'm a black woman, I don't know. So I, I watched him and I examined the music when I got back. Uh, those are my spiritual practices. Mm listening to music, seeing the signs, writing. Mm -hmm. I have never, 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 never written one poem for some kind of mm -hmm. It's all about self-healing. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what they say, the art art heals, right? <laughs> so then there, there's the, the spirituality Mm -hmm. There uh, that the words come from. There's the uh, current events that that is giving you some words. Is there anywhere else where the words come from for you? Yeah. <laughs> where do they come from? But it's a place that I can't describe. It's something that happens to me, and I've uh, only talked about this to a few people. When I sit down to write something, write a poem or whatever it is, I feel like God, the ancestors, the spirit, the something is like, okay, I'm gonna need you to walk through this tornado. Hmm. And I've never said this in anywhere public. That I'm gonna need you to walk through this tornado and I say, okay, so I just sit in a tornado and I write and then just um, this is not a game for me. It never has been. Uh, I can tell you about 2004, 2005, this land team, this show, this so-and-so. It's never been a game for me. Never. And the, you ask me, is there another place that the words come from? It's, they come from my spirit, and I can't describe that. They come from this. Mm -hmm. You know, they come from everywhere. Mm -hmm. They come from pain. They come from the chat. They come from the stories that I carry. The, they come from conversations. They come from, I don't know what you would call it. They come from words and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have someone asking then, would you then agree that writers are messengers for God? And I will use the term God very, very loosely. Whatever you define as the higher power, the universe, et cetera, et cetera. Amanda. Uh, yes. I have this habit of playing hide and seek with myself. Most times I find my likeness in the corner of a lightless room so close to sound I am the speaker, covered in clove clouds, praying out loud that God come down and rain dance on my soul. 
shake the wind chimes from my mind. By angels, I was told I was not the diamond nor the cold, but the diamond mine, and whatever I touch, it shall be mine. Yeah, I would say yes. This <laughs> <laughs> little impromptu uh, poem there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that really impromptu? Come on. <laughs> Words of shit. It's uh, words of shit. Uh-huh. That's awesome. So let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit, okay. uh, because we are also in the midst of Latinx Heritage Month, Hispanic Heritage, whatever people want to call it these days. <laughs> 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 and you you do talk about it, you know. I think one of the first poems that I saw you do was was Me Mejia Africana. Mm -hmm. um, I talked about it last week when we had Joaquin on here. The first time I saw Joaquin, yo. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I called I called you his hermana from another mama. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the first time I saw you was 2006-ish. Peter, they don't understand that, Chibi. What? We are G's in the game. Uh, yes, you've been, you've been doing that. Oh, we, <laughs> not you, we talk about you, okay? Um, you were doing this like double tour about all y'all's books, um, but you you did perform this fantastic poem, Mejia Africana, that like, is just so illuminating because there is most definitely an erasure of black people in Mexican culture, you know? So how do you navigate those two identities? Well, I, don't. Oh. I can't. Uh, and see, I was trying to, I had a, this little plan. I was like, I'm not doing Mejia Africana. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> well, I'm going to do it. Uh, but I have to say this. That poem came from all of the times. Oh, let me take these damn glasses. <laughs> I keep looking at myself I'm like, this is how I look at myself. Um, the poem came from, okay, here's a tea. Please, spill. Words and shit. Okay, so I was working two jobs. I worked Radio Shack corporate by day, and I was a single mom. My daughter was six years old, and then I worked at this place called Montgomery Ward. Ooh. Baby. <laughs> I was selling drapes and didn't know nothing about measuring nothing. But there was this brown girl who I can't remember her name. She was like, I got you. I want you with me. So we learned each other. We became friends. And she said, this was before I was called Natty. She said, Natasha, can you come to my school and speak up at uh, the Black History Program? I was like, what? <laughs> this was before Natty Roots or whoever I am right now. So I was like, yeah, I, I think I can do it. I went to my mom's house, uh, sat with my tia and my mom, and I was like, I got to do this shit, words and shit, tomorrow. And I sat and I wrote, born with two tongues. Born with two tongues, I speak of all of that. Anyway, I wrote the first half that night. The second half, I wrote on the way to the school. Mm. 
I had some poets that were friends of mine who had said that they uh, went to the New Eurekan around that same time. And they were like, I can cuss, right? Yes. <laughs> These were some bad bitches. Okay. <laughs> They were like, we going to New York, we gonna do so and so. And I was like, <gasps> so they got there and they said, we went to the New York and we didn't even say we wrote poetry. Cause the the level. And I feel like <laughs> so here I am. Here I am. Did it at the school. I'm 26 at the New York. And I'm about to read Mehi Africana. I am 45 now. Born with two tongues, I speak of, hablo de, I write of, escribo de, mi vida cultura colorada, pintada, painted a picture para que pueden ver that I am Mexi-Africana. That's half and half, but whole as in an entire empire of Aztec warriors breathe orange red fire into my lungs. That's half and half, but whole as in an entire tribe from the Congo rained blue-black blood into my soul. I am that red-brown-black sister thinking and breathing in their poetic thoughts, that prolific prophetic poet with them red-brown twisted locks. I see and record the world in black ink like the skin of my people. I am fierce like Kansas, militant with pen as they be, hot water, cornbread, oxtail, and collard greens, chanting down Babylon with jaw, Rastafari beats, and ghetto soliloquies of Haitian refugees spoken, on the college balcony, I represent the black freedom of which the Negro spiritual speaks. I am all things black, and all black things I be. Yo soy la morena, la poema que desperte su mente, que enciende su alma con papel y pluma. I can make the sun and moon rise at the same time. I am el viento que viene de México. El este y el oeste, este es la verdad. I am the song on Pancho's lips as he sits and eats un burrito de chorizo con huevo, praying for a job to feed his niños. I am salsa, picosa, como Willie Colon, Frank Ruiz y Celia. Una mariposa en May. And may I say that brown and proud is what I will remain, staining this life with my mark, because you see, my seco is just as bad as my bark, because, por qué? I am una niña de Yucatan, Chichen Itza. Quetzalcoatl kissed my mother and here I am, landed on this land with pen in hand to tell the tales of mi gente, Mayans, Aztecs, and Incans, roofers, day laborers, carpenters, lo que sea, es la misma cosa, sangre. I'm una niña de mi país, una de una raza tan fuerte, una niña de México, así me quedo. Born with two tongues, I speak of, hablo de, I write of, escribo de, mi vida, cultura colorada, pintada, painted a picture, para que pueden ver that I am Mexi-Africana. And what, my, my next question, you know, and what was their reaction at the New York and when you wrote that, when you read that? Uh, theirs or mine. I turned white as a sheet of paper. <laughs> uh, they loved it. <laughs> even I was a sacrificial lamb or the sacrificial goat uh, and I got one of the highest scores but when I came back I felt like if I can do that there then nobody here can tell me anything mm -hmm. something just happened as I was reading and it has happened a few times you can ask Joaquin about this like I'll be on stage reciting and 
whatever I sat down to write with starts happening in my mind. Uh, you know, I said these red, brown, twisted locks. When I wrote that poem, I didn't even have dreadlocks. I talk about my mom and she's not here with me. And you were asking me about Latinx heritage. I got a lot of feelings about that. Talk your shit, daddy. <laughs> I got a lot of feelings about that. Uh, <laughs> I did a thing last night. I won't say which university it was, but it was a Latinx Hispanic Heritage Celebration. Loved it. Had a great time. But it is one of the only few times that I've been invited to the table. Mm. Right? So I don't want to go into not black enough, not brown enough. So had this experience mm. and I'm looking at my calendar and I'm looking at my work. I don't get booked for this month. And you know what else I get booked for less is Black History Month. Mm. So I woke up this morning feeling some type of way. And I saw the words of Ariana Brown, where she just laid it out. Mm -hmm. If you don't know her, you need to know her. Ariana Brown. And her words, and she had been fucking with me all day long about this is why I won't do Hispanic heritage. If you know, I'm paraphrasing, but this is what I feel when I have to do. I will not be a part of this. And I wish, I wish uh, that I had come into myself. Like who you see, whoever you see now, I wish I had come into myself many years ago. Mm. Has has the I, guess, I don't know label I guess or has the identity um, changed a lot over the years from when you started you know like when you wrote that 19 years ago to today we've got different I mean we didn't have Latinx Chicanx um, have has your self identity I guess also transformed. Mm. Uh, it's it, not my self-identity, but my bio for publications or jobs, you know, just so they can understand. Uh, I will say that I moved to Houston probably about seven years ago, and I saw this beautiful woman, uh, Jasmine Mendez. Mm-hmm. So I've been writing and doing my thing and they've been talking about me. I'm crazy. I, they don't understand me. And I see her and I like, you mean there's another unicorn? <laughs> <laughs> and then I see Isis Fernandez, uh, class professor, Afro-Latina. And I feel for the first time now, I said I was 45, and I moved here like seven years ago. For the first time, I felt like, <sighs> I may have heard the term Afro-Latina, 
before, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until that night that I felt it. Mm-hmm. Like, I know who I am, but as far as, you know, identifying myself to the world, that's a new thing for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, those, with those labels. Talk about being in the game for a while, blast from the past. Tony Jackson says, your words, spirits are, is needed in every month. Love you, Natty. Um, and, that was, <laughs> and that was something that, you know, like to give a little bit behind the scenes, we tried to be very conscious of because we, we did book you for this month, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because we wanted to acknowledge the fact that there are, there is a, to steal a term from the LGBTQ community, there is a rainbow of Latinidad, right? There's an entire spectrum um, so we have, you know, we had Joaquin last week. We have you this week. We had Jasmine Mendes a couple weeks ago. Um, Noel Quinones is coming up next week. Like it's just, it's, it is such and Jessica a, too. So Jessica as well. She's going to close, close out the month. So it is a spectrum and each person has their own beautiful little cult, their, their culture, right. That they're come from their, their people, their, uh, traditions, um, and their food. So I want to ask you. From your personal cultural background, mm-hmm. what is your favorite dish? You can't do that to me. Yes, I can. <laughs> and I love it because everyone I've asked this question to is like, why are you asking these hard questions? Why, why are you heavy hitting? <laughs> okay, if I, oof, if I break it down to the root, both sides of me. Mm-hmm. And you can you can have two. One for well, each. One. Okay. Because this is going. <laughs> beans and rice. Mm. <laughs> because you know what I was going to ask? I was actually going to ask, how do you make your rice? And how do you make your beans? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, now, now I want to know. on the day of the week it is. <laughs> so sometimes I make the good orange red kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, con cebolla, ajo, and all these spices. Uh, and then sometimes I just make white rice with black beans or whatever beans in the cabinet. Uh, and then I can do cornbread mm. or tortilla. That's the universe. Beans and rice is everything. Beans and rice just go with everything. I love that. You're so right, though. It is. <laughs> and why not? Why not? I mean, I like that. Depending on the day of the week. Could be corn, corn tortillas, could be cornbread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buddy. I get that. I'm I'm Tex-Mex through and through. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's Texas food, sometimes it's Mexican food. Yeah. And and sometimes I'm blasphemizing both by just <laughs> doing whatever I want. Or some ranch on my pizza. Exactly. <laughs> now you I'm, talked about you said you, you didn't think that somebody was going to publish you. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that. Like you didn't. You were you were a little worried about that. Uh, was is that a big transition for you coming from the stage to the page? And uh, what's that like? Um, it's not a big transition for me. I've been published in a lot of places, and I don't even, you know, talk about it. But uh, so what happened with Rice University is spilling the tea is my husband graduated from Rice. And he's like, it's the Harvard of the South. And, you know, this 
I'm like, uh, shout out to Rice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was like, uh, okay. So I had this idea in my mind about Rice. Uh, upper echelon, white, privileged, Harvard of the South. And when I sent the submission in, I was defiant in the submission. I was like, this is what I'm going to say. Mm. And I I remember saying, they're not going to pick me. And then they came back with this like, oh my God, we've never heard any words. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an eye opener for me. Uh, and uh, I was proud. I, I can't lie. I was really proud to see it. And, um, you know, the Manteca came before that and I'm going to be publishing like three or four new publications coming up. Mm-hmm. But oh. like, I love seeing that. It's almost uh, eternalizing your work, you know, and your, yeah. your spirit in some way. Some kind of something mm-hmm. like that. So uh, let me ask, I just have one more question for you. What is next for Natty Roots? What's on the horizon? You said Natty Roots. <laughs> a lot of people that are tuning in is from my Natty Roots tribe. That grant that I mentioned earlier is for Natty Roots and Rhyme to go virtual. A community conversation, a workshop, or something. Uh, I miss my, my family. Uh, so that's Natty Roots, Natty Roots mm-hmm. and Rhyme. But me, Natty Roots, What's today? Thursday? <laughs> Tomorrow is going to be a volleyball game with my 15-year-old. <laughs> it'll be Pine Sol and Fabuloso. <laughs> and uh, after that, it's going to be Harvard Latinx Review. Mm. Oh. Wow. My goodness. <laughs> going to be some... Wait, wait, but not the Harvard of the South. You're saying the Harvard of the Harvard. <laughs> I mean, the Harvard of the Harvard. Um, it's going to be like, you know, I'm, I'm bullshitting words and shit. Mm-hmm. Here's my big thing. I want to publish Heavy Light. Mm. Okay. Heavy Light is a... That's me. That's my spirit. That's everything y'all asked me tonight. That's um, me sitting on the back porch saying this all can't be for nothing. When I moved here, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. Uh, And I was like, what the hell? But I had an opportunity that I had never had before. And that was to write. So every day I would write. And I created Heavy Light. I wrote, wrote, wrote. And it has evolved, evolved, evolved. And before the end of the year, I want to publish Heavy Light. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. So if you know a publisher, you got some connects. Oh. You just, you know, get in contact. If you're a publisher that's watching right now, Mm. maybe. The world needs heavy light. Absolutely. That's what the world needs now. You know what the world really needed now was this conversation. I feel like I needed this conversation. Yes. I'm not going to play this shit. (laughs) I 
can't even look at myself. We like didn't that. come to play at all. <laughs> I watched Joaquin stuff. Was like, ooh. How did how did John meet? How did you meet Joaquin? Who? Uh, <laughs> there was um, the year was nineteen seventy six. There was a poetry reading uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, called the Black Dog Tavern on Tuesday nights, and it was about oh two oh three. 20 years ago, maybe. And I met Joaquin through this black couple, an opera singer and a teacher. And he was like, we went to Dallas Poetry Slam and we saw this guy. And if you ever meet him, you're going to love it. He was featured at um, the Fort Worth spot that I was telling you about. And I was sitting in the back, drinking my little red stripe, bored of shit, <laughs> words and shit. And he was on a mic. I was like, hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> you sound like me. <laughs> and that's how it started. And the rest, as the they rest say, history. is yeah. history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the rest of the story. If, if anyone ever, if you get, if the world opens up again and you all decide to go on tour together again, like that is a show that you all cannot miss. Natasha Carrizosa and Joaquin Siwatanejo on stage together is just a powerhouse of a show. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just putting it out there. I'd be down. <laughs> uh, well, Natasha, this is really, this has really been a much needed conversation. I feel like my soul is lighter now. I feel less heavy. I feel like you have imparted words and wisdom and shit upon and shit. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> upon us so thank you very much um before we close out with one more poem i do want to say uh for anybody watching that is interested in um finding any of natasha's work it is she has it it's available just reach out to her uh on ig and twitter she is natty poet n-a-t-t-y-p-o-e-t um on facebook she's Natasha Carisosa. <laughs> uh, and of course, you can tip your poet. Make sure you tip your poet. Natty Roots on Cash App or Natasha Carisosa on Venmo. So that is. No amount too large. Sorry. No amount is too big, you know? No amount. <laughs> so it would be our pleasure and honor to have you close this out with close one this out. Let us cry some more. Please. You want to cry some more? <laughs> you, know. want, you do. You're going to get me there. So. You do what you want to. Um, thank y'all. Thank you both. Thank you, everybody. Everybody who I can't see in the chat because I took my glasses off. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Heavy light. I get heavy when I get light. Some days, like today, I wake up crying. I went to bed crying. I'm a wishing well, a basket full of burnt offering. I'm an altar boy with a story to tell. A runaway slave, no lamb for the slaughtering. I live to loose chains. I love to walk through pain, yours and mine. I 
am a middleman prayer line. You talk to me, and I talk to God. She says, no, I tried. Through the valley of shadows, fearing oh, no evil, because she walks with me. Setting fire to sound because you talk like me. I get heavy when I get light. It has always been so. It's always been a life full of shots fired, one in the chamber, a one-winged bird living on a prayer so we take flight so. It's always been black sheep and branches, a desire to leave the flock and chase the wind, to go out on a limb, to run from the wolves and live like a lion. So we roar so. It has always been so back of the grocery store bum with a bottle full of hope and a handful of rum. We refuse to beg for change, so we just wait on it to come. There is a growling in our bellies and a howling in our mouths, so we madman babble while we burn Babylon. So I get heavy when I get light. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. I heard her say, you are the people, and the people are the church. We are a church full of pimps and prostitutes, has-beens and have-nots, the rich dreams of the destitute, the salty tears of Lot, brothers like Cain and Abel, keepers of dreams like Kate and Abel, just like Jacob wrestling with an angel, begging God to give me all the light that she got so I can give it to my people because you think he forgot, because you think she forgot, because you think they forgot. I refuse to lose you because you all that I got. You are me and me is she. We all we need. We all we got. I get heavy when I get light. Love is a lesson. The burden is a blessing. Without mess, there is no message. You got to get heavy to get the light. Natasha Carisosa, everybody. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for, thank for coming you. out. Uh, I feel... Woo! I know, I huh? A certain type of way now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was such a fantastic conversation. Um, I just feel like she has honestly been around for so long and done so much with her time and her words. And I feel like we all learned a lot and... and I've been healed a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And there was I feel like it was a total transition in some way, some sort of like coming together of things. And I'll tell you why. My neighbors usually play a lot of rap and hip hop. And I don't know if it's the same neighbors or not, but there's some conjunto going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, the melting of the world. Melting, yeah. Well, next week for a, a, uh, a, a the flip side of this, we're going to have a poet on that is uh, younger, newer in the game, hasn't mm -hmm. been around as much, but a firecracker of a poet. Who we got on next week, Eddie? That would be Noel Quinones. Mm. Speaking of New Yorkian, I, I think yeah, coming to us from 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 New York, from way up there. Yeah, uh, and, so yeah, I'm different. So excited to have him on. Um, he's been doing so much with in the short amount of time that he's really like exploded onto the scene. So we're just happy to have him. Um, so that's coming up next week. We are here every week 
mm-hmm. 7.30, Thursday nights, words and shit with a different poet so you can get to know the person behind the poetry. And you can catch up on past episodes of our show on our podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. That's right, right. Get to us, get to the podcast. And we're also like on Twitter and Instagram now at words and shh. That's words right, and sh- words and shh. If you want to find out, don't make us a secret. (laughs) If you want to find out about more things that are coming on, and of course, make sure you follow Write Art Out and the Blah Poetry Spot to see what else is uh, going on in the poetry world. But until next time, that was Eddie Vega. And that was Chibi Ordonia. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe, y'all. Good night, everybody.